Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Fantasy Executive Corey Parson. My main man, George Kurtz. Kurtz, excuse me. Getting you ready for Fantasy Football 2018. We inch closer and closer to kickoff. Got some uh, NFL preseason stuff to discuss. Some auction strategy. And um, go over some of the uh, players that I took late in my best ball draft last night, George. Now, when we left off, just throwing Josh Gordon thing out. I got a pen and paper right now, George. Just throwing Josh Gordon thing out is interesting. Obviously, Gronk is a player I throw out also. I got Allen Robinson a lot of places. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go away from Allen Robinson tonight, George. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't own any shares of Allen Robinson. It's not that I don't uh, like the man. I do. I think he's an incredible talent. But I wonder if uh, there's just too many flags here coming back off the ACL. You know, what if he's not 100? percent You know, and we never know with these injuries because ACL. You can you can play in six to eight months after the surgery. I've had that surgery, but it is two years before you truly feel back to your normal self. Plus, Trubisky still a learning uh, quarterback. He's not uh, by any means a grizzled veteran. So, what if that plays a part? I think they'll run the ball some. I'll run the ball a lot actually with Howard, uh, used Tariq Cohen. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a big season, so I'm not going to be spending. Uh, and you only Allen Robinson is another guy I would throw out there just so other people can spend on. And a lot of people know I like Allen Robinson, too, so they might be willing to spend up thinking that I'm trying to get him back. That's a part of the gamesmanship. Because I am on Robinson this year. So let me ask you, how big are you on price enforcing? <sighs> um, that's an interesting question. It's the big gamble we all play, I, right? I mean... It, it, it really oh, is. He's out there at 17. Let's make it 18, if I, if, if but what I, if I, no one else goes? Because if I'm price enforcing, it's on a player I'm not really interested in. Yeah, so that's, that's the definition of price enforcing. You want to make sure a, a player you don't want going for the price you think you should go at. Yeah, it, It's a gamble, like I said, because let's just say Allen Robinson. You, know, you believe you should go for $28, and he's, he's stuck at 23, and there's two guys been going, but now they'd stop for – Generally, what these things are, 15 seconds, and no one's bidding for 10 seconds. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll throw it out there at 24, because I'll look at it this way. All right, worst case scenario is I got it for 24. Well, I thought he should have gone for 28. So I still got a four, even though I didn't want him, I still got a $4 bargain of what my price was. So I'm okay with that. And it, I, if there's two guys bidding, I got to assume at least one of these guys wants him. You know, so let's see this guy go up to 26. You know, by adding that extra dollar. I, uh, I do price enforce, but I, I have to make sure it's a, with a player that, granted, I didn't want him, but I'm not going to be upset if I get it. If somebody I, I truly don't want, because I don't think he's, he's going to have a terrible season, I think he's a terrible, whatever, 
then I won't price enforce. I won't do that. I, but I'll do it with a player who, granted, I, I don't want, but I don't hate coming on my team, and he is going for a little cheaper than what I expected him to. Two years ago in the flex auction, we're in the room in D.C., and Arian Foster, his final season, was sitting at $8. And I was like, no, 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 no. Nine. Next guy goes 10. I go 11. I had Arian Foster valued a $15 player. He ended up on my team for 11. May have played two games that season. <laughs> Didn't hurt me. Still ended up winning the still ended up winning the championship. But it's like price enforcing is is an interesting phenomenon because like you said, you can get caught with that player, or maybe you got you can also gotta take into consideration, maybe you just have to play a valued higher than anybody else. And what makes tonight even trickier is this is a league where it's six points for the quarterback touchdown. So now you're talking about a 14-team auction with six points for a quarterback touchdown. How do you price enforce on quarterbacks? Do you let them go for what they're worth? Unless it's Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, you know what I mean, guys like that? Or do you say, you know what, I'm going to make you pay up for the quarterback? I'm probably not going to price enforce on quarterbacks. I want to get Watson tonight. But I want Watson for less than twenty dollars. And you might be able, might be it was one quarterbacks. Every league is different. Now, you, once again, you already said you got an extra two points for a touchdown pass. You're going to six, so that's going to raise the value of quarterbacks. But what I mean by every and league is different other, is that the, the fourteen teams also raise the value of quarterbacks too. Yes, because you once because it's not many, fourteen QB ones. Eh, it's close. Uh, I think in my team, I, th- I, okay. I don't have 14 QB ones. You're right. I think I have th- actually, I think I have 13. But I would assume, if it's me personally, that eh, even though I only have 13, someone's going to take someone out of my 13 as their one because it's borderline there. So I'd still be okay with it. But quarterbacks are always tricky because some leagues you're going to see the price go higher, and some leagues everyone's still going to think ah doesn't matter just because they're getting an extra two points. Even a 14 team league, there's still a lot of it's deep. There's a lot of value there late. I'm not going to spend on quarterbacks because I want to. I want to spend on running backs. I want to spend on wide receivers. So quarterbacks is always tricky. I'm surprised it's a six points for a touchdown pass. That would uh, that would certainly raise an eyebrow for me, where I'd be willing to spend a little bit more for a quarterback that I want. You know, which I don't. I I still don't think I'm going to have Aaron Rodgers, not unless the price is really good. But I'm thinking more along the lines after the top five, six, seven guys go, whatever guy I like after that. If it's you know Philip Rivers, Matthew Stafford. I'm probably willing to spend a couple of more bucks to make sure I get that guy. Is there a quarterback you would throw out tonight? If you were in yes. my shoes, quarterback. Oh yes. Would you throw out a quarterback? You know, Which one? You know, I mentioned earlier in that uh, the two quarterback league I'm playing in. One of the reasons why I'm willing to pass on a quarterback at number six overall is because, man, after uh, obviously uh, Aaron Rodgers is never going, going going to fall that low, and I love Aaron Rodgers. But after that, I think all the other quarterbacks, even the guys I have in Tier 2, and I have Brady, Wilson, Watson, Cam Newton, Wentz in Tier 2, but they all have issues. You know, Brady, his receiving core is just, ugh. I think he'll be great. Russell Wilson, and Penny's out. Baldwin's out. Can he do it again? Watson, you know, rookie last year, only started six, seven games. What, can we really expect him to do that again? Cam Newton, 
can't really throw the ball. It's all valued in his legs. When's the, when's the in- injury? So I'm willing to wait because I, I think I'd rather have quarterbacks from a third tier. I can get them for a cheaper price and still get that top running back. So in your situation, now you say you want Deshaun Watson. He was the guy I was thinking of because of injury guys. I'd probably throw Carson Wentz out there since there's a chance he doesn't uh, play week one. See if someone else believes. Yeah. The only problem is he might go cheap or cheaper than you want because maybe exactly. the whole league doesn't believe. So that's probably why I wouldn't throw him out there. I want to see if he lasts. Uh, it depends on Kirk Cousins, someone, uh, Drew Brees as, as well, because that offense has changed. Uh, they're not going to rely on him to throw yeah. the ball. Those are two guys I would throw out as well. I like that. I, I, I like it a lot. Um, you, interesting with Aaron Rodgers. He broke his collarbone last year. All right, he healed up. He came back. Would have started down the stretch if the Packers were in position to make a playoff, uh, you know, a, a playoff push. Fully healthy back this season. The last quarterback, George, to struggle, and you know him well, with broken collarbones was Tony Romo. Almost every time he got sacked, he broke his collarbone. Are you worried about Aaron Rodgers breaking his collarbone again this year? Because well, once you, you break be. your collarbone, it's easy, it's easy to break it again. Especially when you're a quarterback with 375 defensive linemen landing on top of your collarbone. Yeah, I think you have to be concerned, yes. That being said, I, listen, if he's available, I'm taking him. You know, like I said, in yeah, I feel the two you. quarterback league tonight, the super, super flex tomorrow, I won't get him in either one. And I have, like I said, the sixth pick today, the fifth pick tomorrow. He'll be gone in both those leagues. I know it. Uh, so I, I don't have to worry about taking him. But even tonight, now, if he was available in your league and you like the price, I'll take him. I think he's going to have a monster season. That whole team is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're all banking on him. He's still uh, – every quarterback you have to worry about injuries. Everyone. I mean, they, they're all going to get hit. Yes, yep, Rodgers right. may be a little bit more susceptible to it. Tony Romo certainly was uh, to the collarbone. From the, but anybody's going to have a 370-pound lineman fall on you. You know what? You're probably not going to get up. Not without something hurting. So uh, I'm not going to let it cloud my thinking all that much. I think A-Rod's going to be great. Yeah, I, I find that interesting too. What do you do with players in an auction like Kenyon Drake and Jay Ajay? Well, I think they're both different. Ajay, I truly believe, Philadelphia didn't really want him last year, but what, you're giving him away? Okay, we'll take him. You know, they, they didn't need him. They had the other running backs there. And now this year, they'll slate him in for a bigger role because he's there for the entire offseason. But Doug Peterson's history is that he uses everybody. And he's got Corey Clement, everybody. who's not going to be yep. forgotten about. Darren Sproles is back. I really wish he was. As far as for an Ajayi owner, I really wish Sproles wasn't back. Maybe then the, uh, uh, the, the roles will be a little bit more defined here. You know, and they still got uh, Smallwood and Pumphrey as well. So they have plenty of guys there that can run the football here. If I, I think Jay Ajayi might at least be the goal line back, you know, and that's a plus for him. But he's a low-end running back, too. It's really not him. It's more the situation he's in. As for Drake, I think Miami's terrible. I think they're a bad team. Their schedule's not terrible, but I think this is a bad team. He's not somebody I'm going to be uh, targeting. Once again, lower-end RB2. They're not going to forget about Frank Gore. Uh, Kalen Bellage will be getting a lot of play. He's not having a great camp, but he's getting a lot of play as a possible goal line back at the very least. I don't see how they're throwing the ball. There's going to be a lot of pressure on this running yep. game with a lot of eight men in the box as well. Uh, odds are, Corey, I don't own any shares of either one, and I don't see that changing. No, and I, and I agree with you on that. Now, what I find interesting also when it comes to throwing players out 
and, and especially at the um, you know, positions like running back, wide receiver, tight end. Um, one of the things that I was considering, one of the things that I always tell people when they get into fantasy football auctions, because not too many people do it. When the, when the big time players are coming off the board and everybody is hot and heavy and excited, throw out Steven Gotkowski for two dollars. It takes the air out the room. It settles everybody down. And for a moment, everybody looks away. And you get the best kicker for $2. Throw out the Vikings or the Jaguars defense for $2 while the, while the action is hot and heavy. And for a moment, everybody settled down. Everybody looks away. Now, Jacksonville defense I, will probably go up. Go ahead. No, I do that as well. Uh, I, 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 I tend to throw out the kicker and the defense earlier than normal. Maybe yeah. not early, early, but earlier than normal, just so I know I can get them. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I just want to fill yeah. out a slot on my roster so I can do my money average a little easier. I'm like, oh, you know what? I, want, I think I want the kicker now. You know, it, it's not like a, a snake draft where you do it in round eight. You know, you're still waiting until round 15, 16 there. But in an auction, it can be any time now. And now I don't have to, I, like I said, I, it's a slot I filled out because cows get kicker done. And then, and then what you see is, if you want to go three dollars for, if you put them out at a dollar, I'm gonna jump them on them at two. If you put them out at three, if I put them out at two and you go to three, that's on you. <laughs> that's you on spent you. the extra two bucks. That's how I look at it. You spent the extra two dollars. There you go, right there. I'm 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 not going over two for a kicker or a defense tight end. I'm not paying up for any. Uh, Zach Ertz is the one that intrigues me the most. But you know that Zach Ertz, you have to have a backup because Zach Ertz will have spend time on the um, disabled list or the IR, not the IR, but he will he will be he will miss a week or two. Zach Ertz's concussions are starting to pile up. Not to mention the fact he stays banged up from time to time. I don't know what tight end to go after though. That's where I'm kind of at with tight ends this year. Tight end is a mismatch. It's a it's a mismatch, George. See, I don't mind tight end in a 12 team league, but you're in a 14 team league. So that's what would annoy me a little bit about EuroLeague. Because whenever anybody asks me a basic strategy about a, an auction, I, I mean, it's all automatic. I'm not paying for a quarterback. I'm not paying for a tight end. But that's a 12-team league. Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking a 14-team league. I don't have 14 tight ends at number uh, – 14 tight end ones. So now I might have to nope. spend a few extra bucks. And what's going to come to my mind, Corey, is, all right, I know I want to spend a few extra bucks at a tight end to make sure I got someone I want. Well, should I spend a few more bucks than that then – to go take a Delaney Walker, you know, uh, rather than wait for a David Njoku or a George Kittle, you know, or Trey Burton. And that's what I was going you to know? say. That's the name. You mentioned the name. Njoku comes out at $5. Uh, uh, going to I'm going six. I'm going six, yeah. Now, it, all, it also depends on when. What if he comes out early? Well, See I, what I'm I going can with control here? that by and Everyone else is still early. left. Yeah. You see, that, that would anno- that's what would annoy me. That, once again, it's great strategy by whoever did it because now I might let him go at five. Oh, I mean, there's still 10 other tight ends there. Do I really want to spend $5 and give up a chance to get a better tight end? Maybe, maybe Delaney, because I've seen weird prices in auctions for tight ends. I've seen, Del- I've seen Ingram go for eight, which I don't understand there. Tight ends seem to be devalued in auctions right now. Now that your league is going to be, we don't know. So I'd be tempted to want to go. I, pro- I probably would still go six because that would still be a bargain in my mind. But it would be in the back of my mind also yeah. that, mm, man, now I'm taking myself out of the running for a better tight end. Exactly. Because you, you go in Joku at six, 
and then you see Ingram go for nine, you're like, ugh. At least now I know Ingram. Off. Well, and Jokun, yeah, now you're pissed off. I'm pissed off. So that, that is the chess match. That is the chess match that goes a, a, along with the uh, the auction strategy. You know, so um, I, some of the players that I've liked that I've had on a lot of my teams, T.Y. Hilton, uh, carry on Johnson. I think Johnson could be a little bit inflated tonight. He could probably get into the 20s before an RB2. That's not that bad. You just got to worry, is he really going to be an RB2? Yeah, I think with Detroit, I, I just worry about there's just so many cooks in the kitchen there. You got Blunt, you got Johnson. It really is. Uh, you got Theo. I think Johnson's the best here Real. of these guys. And I think he Even deserves to get the Abdullah most touches. Still. Yeah, Abdullah's there. and he just, It's just all, it complicates. It cloudies clouds everything. And if, is, Le, is LeGarrette Blunt at least going to be the goal line guy? If so, that's freaking annoying because now I can't even get touchdowns from Johnson unless he's running in 25 yarders. You know Riddick's going to be the, ball, the, the yeah. pass catcher. So once again, because there's too many cooks in the kitchen, I'm staying away. Fancy football frenzy, FNTSY radio, late round values with the exec and George Kirsch when we come back on the other side. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Eight four four eight four three sixty eight seventy nine, Fancy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. You guys got me loud and clear. George, Sound good to me, Cole. You're I know I lost internet connection in the break, so I was worried for a little bit. I would never want to leave. Worst, it's oh. the worst feeling in the world, by the way. No, I just no I, 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 I'm sitting up here and I'm listening to the commercials. Then the commercials go out and everything on my computer starts spinning, and I'm like, oh my god. You know what I'm saying? I got it, and I didn't. I'll be honest with you, George. I didn't think about. I didn't think about the show. I thought about the draft tonight. <laughs> Listen, my my mind's on it as well. I mean, uh, I'm going over my cheat sheet here. Well, the keepers kept yeah. in the league, and uh, what what my strategy should be. We're fantasy players. You know, the fantasy draft day is like Christmas morning to us, Corey. It's when we get to yeah. open up our presents. I was like, George and Eddie can bring it home. You know what I'm saying? But I got to get back online for this draft. But, no, nah, thankfully I'm here with you, 844-843-6879, telephone number. And I think we're all good to go. So there you go right there. I don't know what happened, but sometimes these technical difficulties. I'd rather have get... Wi-Fi than air, okay? <laughs> I feel you on that one, George. You can't well, you know, not... It's funny, George. During drafts, I now uh, use a patch cable. So I don't have to work because there's just been some to make sure. I've lost what, just I've lost connection during uh, I'm not, and it's 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 a crusher, and my whole night's ruined. And it's just a crusher, so I actually uh, use a patch cable during drafts just to make sure I'm not losing any connections here. No, I I agree with you on that. I don't want um, I don't. I, that's one thing that I hate. I hate when I'm in a draft and it happens. I hate if it happens to me. So it's something that I try to prevent against. George, what do you think? about Dalvin Cook. A lot, of people, a lot of people are starting to worry about Dalvin Cook and his health. 
Well, it didn't help any that Mike Zimmer came out, I don't know, it was yesterday or the day before, saying, you know, first couple of games, Latavius Murray may share the load there, which means he must have some worry as well. You know, that Dalvin Cook's not fully back there. They want to ease him back in. Or maybe they're playing the long game here. I think Minnesota also knows we're a damn good football team. You know, certainly one of the better ones in the NFC. Uh, we need to make sure Dalvin's healthy for the, you know, for, he'll play, of course. But we need to make sure he's fully up to speed November, December, January. You know, September is not as important there. So... Does that drop him a little bit for me? Sure, but he's still a running back one. I mean, how far are you going to you going to put him down? There aren't enough running backs to go around. You know, you're not going to mm. take Lashawn McCoy over him. You know, CMC yeah. run CMC. I don't I don't think you're taking him over him either. So I still have him in my top ten. But is it enough to drop him? Where I'd rather have Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, uh, Leonard Fournette. Sure, I can do that. Yeah, I'm. You know, Fournette's an interesting name. Also, I don't own Fournette anywhere. And I and I'm like and, and I'm thinking to myself maybe I should get on Leonard Fournette. He had a very good year last year. Yeah, when you think of Fournette, not only did he have a very good year last year, but there's really no one there challenging him for anything. Exactly, it's all about him. You know, they don't want to pass the ball a whole a whole time with Blake Bortles. I don't care what they say about it. They don't want to do that. They know they're going to win games with defenses, with with their their great defense and a uh, strong running game. Uh, I guess the only negative would be would possibly be uh, that okay. If you don't throw the ball a whole lot, you may not get up big scores where you can run the ball all the time in the second half. That's just me playing negative Ned here. I'll take Fournette on all my teams. I have a number eight overall. No issues with him whatsoever. That being said, I don't believe I own a share yet. Yeah, maybe that's something I should get in on. Fournette or or Gordon? I have Gordon. Actually, I think I have Fournette eight, Gordon nine, now that I think about it. Right there, right. yeah, you, you pick your poison. Either way, you're good there. I don't have a – once again, don't have an issue with either player. I love Gordon. Love Fournette. Well, Austin, Austin uh, Eckler is involved in San Diego, though. And Austin Eckler can play. He can. But I, I, Gordon is still the man there. I mean, no there's nothing, nothing against Eckler. Eckler also made some big big mistakes last year that cost him a game. He had that big fumble against Jacksonville, another fumble against KC. That cost him games there. I have uh, I have Kamara 6, Hunt 7, Fournette 8, Gordon 9, Cook 10. But the truth is, I would take any one of them. I would take any one of my top 10 running backs. I just want one. I'm not greedy. One. That's the most important thing, right? You don't need all of them. I, be, I don't need all. I just need, I need one guy to really stabilize my running back situation. If I don't end up with one, it probably means that you know I took Antonio Brown round one. And then yeah. Devontae Adams or someone like that slipped to round two, and all the running backs went. And I'm like, okay, you know, well, I didn't didn't plan on zero running back strategy, but here it comes. Well, no, we're here now. And, so, and I don't that's mind what's, that. That's what's great about a draft, though. But that's what's great about every draft. You never know how it's going to work you, out. You, you can't predict the draft. No, the only pl- the only plan I have going into a draft, Corey, in a uh, snake draft, is that if I have the ninth pick, I'm listing my top nine players, and that's how I'm going. Doesn't matter. That's how I'm going. You know, I'm not going to change my. It doesn't matter if the first, if seven running backs went in a row. It doesn't change my draft order. You know, I'm taking my next uh, next player up on the board. You know, after that, then you know the draft becomes much more interesting to see how it, how everyone else is drafting, how the draft is playing out. But the only plan I always have is I will list the top ten, top eleven players, where, depending on where I pick. Notice how I didn't say top four, Corey, because I never have to worry about that. No, no, that's only me. And and at some point yeah. you would get tired, bastard. Of George, I'm tired eight, of it now. Last... I'm not even in any, any leagues with you. <laughs> not that I know of. And, I don't think know, I, so. I, I, no, I guess Scott Fishbowl technically we're in the same league, but uh, we're in yeah, different but, divisions. And no doubt. 
um, Mike last Blue was night, uh, bitching earlier. He uh, in his Scott Fishbowl, he's got like every name in his division. He's got he's got Matt Barry from ESPN, uh, about four or five, six other names that everybody knows in his division. He's complaining about it. Suck it up, Mike. Yeah, he'll be fine. I didn't know you Matt take Barry down within Scott's Fishbowl. I didn't know either. I had no idea actually. But yeah, Matt Barry is is he's in Mike Blue's division. Actually, I think that's kind of cool. It gives you something, a little motivation to try and beat Matt Berry. All right? Matthew Berry, I should say. Uh, yeah, and it does. It does. It definitely does. No one can tell me it doesn't. You might beat him. You may, you may beat him in the league, but you ain't going to beat him on payday. No. I don't think ain't any of us <laughs> beating him on payday. <laughs> George, in this industry, it's going to take a lot of us to beat him on payday. <laughs> said, maybe a lot of us need to be put together to beat him in, uh, on payday. Maybe all of us. <laughs> a 64-team league. <laughs> and we were able to equal Matt Berry's payday. But we all like him or hate him. He's been great for fantasy. He's been a great no, proponent I, of it. Matt Berry is excellent. I consider Matt Berry a friend, and he does a great job. Matthew Berry, the talented one, the talented Mr. Roto. Um, last night, George, I took Saquon in one, came back, took Diggs in two, I took Freeman in three. I took Collins in four. In round seven, I took Tevin Coleman. What well, do you, you think, think of? Did, but I've been, well, I think you have to do. If you take Freeman, I, I think I've said it, the exact same rounds, by the way. If Freeman goes in three, Coleman has to go in seven. Because if you wait to eight, now you're taking a chance that somebody else is going to take him because they like, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's still a good second running back. He's not a handcuff. So you did exactly. I mean, it, literally, exactly what I've been a proponent of that year. If you're going to take Freeman in three, you have to take Coleman in seven. I'm more likely to do this in best ball like it was last night than to do it in the redraft. This week, I, I get it where you're going with that. Um, see, I, the more and more I think about it, Corey, I don't want to take Freeman because I don't want to have to take another running back in the same team four rounds later. Even though I fully admit Coleman has value by himself, you could start Freeman and Coleman on, in the same week, and it wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, well, Coleman is a It better, wouldn't be ideal, you know, though. No, it wouldn't. But it wouldn't be a horrible thing. It's not like starting a tr- like Eckler. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, be no someone like starting like that. You know, he, uh, Coleman is a better geo of Vonnie Bernard at this point in their careers. I love the Atlanta offense. You know, I think that Atlanta offense is almost, I, I don't want to say score at will, but assuming Matt Ryan doesn't uh, poop the bed, it's it might score points. It, it might be the best offense in the NFC. It, it, it's certainly one of them. I mean, mm. offhand, I mean, uh, Green Bay, you certainly have to look at there. I think they're yeah. uh, could be, certainly be one of the better Green offenses. Green Bay can't run the football like Atlanta can, though. No. Well, they got plenty of running backs, but none of them can run the football. <laughs> exactly. And outside of that, I mean, you want to go New Orleans, okay. Not that they could put up a fight here, and that might be the only. Philadelphia, when everyone's healthy, I yeah. think you can talk about them there. But to your point, obviously they're one of the better, uh, one of the better offenses in the NFC. Now, I came back. Obviously, I didn't go wide receivers early. In round five, I took Golden Tate. Missed on Chris Hogan by one. Chris Hogan is really rising. Uh, round six, I took Jameson Crowder. Seven, like I told you, I took Tevin Coleman. In round eight, I took Robert Woods. My first year of Robert Woods off the board is wide receiver 44. Cooper Cup was already gone. I think I'd rather have Woods over Cup. Uh, that really? being said, it's close enough. Woods had a nice season last year. 
and I listen. I lo- I like this offense. I like how this team is balanced. My only worry is this. I wonder if Jared Goff is this gen- is going to become this generation's Troy Aikman. Uh, obviously, that's great for the Rams, the Hall of Fame quarterback. But they're not going to ask him to throw the ball all over the field because they're not going to need to. You got Todd Gurley. We know he can run the ball and run it all day long. You have a what should be a great defense. Granted, it's a lot of uh, a lot of additions. Maybe they don't mesh, but if they do, this defense is fantastic. So they're not going to need to throw the football. This could be a team that's up by enough where second half they're running the ball left and right, kill the clock, move on. You know, he who fights and runs away loses a fight another day. Win, win the game, get out. Don't worry about things. Don't let Jared Goff make the mistakes. I think Jared Goff's a very good quarterback, but I don't know if the opportunities will be there. Um. Robert Woods goes as wide receiver forty-four off the board. Where do you, what wide receiver? Take a guess. What wide receiver number Cooper Cup went? Well, you said he went before, so I guess I get to cheat a little bit. Um, offhand, I'll say thirty-eight. He went wide receiver fourteen. Uh, uh, uh did someone auto draft? I mean. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say. Auto draft, auto draft wouldn't throw you Cooper Cup at fourteen. No, I mean, hey, even if you're that high on Cooper Cup, you don't need to take him that low. I mean, this is where ADP comes in. Uh, exactly. And I don't know. You look at his ADP. Let's say his ADP is forty-five, and but you want him, then take him at thirty. You know, take him at thirtieth of all. You'll still get him. You know, you're going to get but him. You didn't have to spend. What I imagine was a third-round pick on him. He went That's, before jo- he went ahead of Jarvis Landry, Laffish, Gerald, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, Josh Gordon, Doug Baldwin. That, Doug Baldwin's starting to drop too. Yeah, you know with the reports are though that he's running sprints, that he's going to be back before week one. He's had plenty of work at Russell Wilson, so missing the preseason yeah. is not really a huge deal as long as you believe he's healthy. And if he's already running sprints, then he's healthy, or he'll certainly be healthy in three weeks. So I'm not all that worried about – I'm not as worried about Baldwin now as I was a week ago. Two weeks ago, they said he was yeah, miss no the pre, Because when they said he was going to miss the preseason, Corey, I assume this was a what's, – what's the injury? Multiple weeks here. But now it seems like they just said, hey, you know what? We're just not going to play him in the preseason. But he'll be healthy enough before week one. So I'm not as worried about Baldwin as I once was. Yeah. I, and, I, and I feel the same way uh, as, as, as you do on that. He's a player that I'm starting to warm back up to, especially as his – um. Draft stock goes down. Oh, you went on Smith Schuster. I love Smith Schuster, but that being said, James Washington is starting to annoy me. All right, for two reasons. One, because now I can't get him in round fourteen. Now I got to spend a higher pick on him because uh, he's look. He looks great in camp. Ben is mm-hmm. talking him up now, so he's he's obviously in Ben's. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll call it his circle of receivers there, but he could hurt Smith Schuster as well because maybe Smith Schuster doesn't get all those targets now. And let's face it, we all know Bell and Brown are getting their share. That's not going oh, to gonna change. Get, they're going to get their work. Right. They're going to get everything they can. Is there enough now for Smith-Schuster and Washington? You know, if Washington is going to be that third guy? I like to think there is. But maybe now where Smith-Schuster was uh, a bottom wide receiver two for me, now he probably goes top wide receiver three because of Washington. And I said, well, so Washington's screwing me on two fronts. I, want to, I did want to take him as my flyer in all leagues, as many leagues as possible, because I think this kid's good. And, uh, but now that he's playing so well, it's sort of hurting my Smith-Schuster, even though I don't have him yet. 
You know, I, I have Smith Schuster's gone pretty early in most leagues, earlier than I expected, where he's been like a mid-range wide receiver too, not falling down that extra round that I need to grab him. 844-843-6879. You want to get in on the discussion right here. Fancy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. A player I don't have no shares of and don't plan on is Joe Mixon, George. You know, uh, what's that little line I like to say? Every running back with a heartbeat. Well, that's yeah, that's has true. Value. Mm-hmm. So I can't say I'm going to have no shares. I don't like the Cincinnati offensive line. It's better than last year, but it's far from good. I have no idea what Marvin Lewis was trying to prove last year, but not starting Mixon right away. But that problem should be alleviated. So I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to have any shares. I don't have any yet. <laughs> All right, so I can tell you that. But if he's there in round four, round five, I can't tell you I'm going to pass him up if I need a running back. There just aren't too many pure starters around. I like Giovanni Bernard, but we know what his role is. And I think Mixon is the first and second down guy there. How much, how much success he's going to have on those downs? Because Andy Dalton's blah. You know, they only have A.J. Green. I understand maybe Boyd Ross. Maybe they break out. I, I, I understand where you're coming from here. But uh, odds are I'll have at least one share of him because, once again, starting running back with a pulse. Starting no running choice. back. You're right. I, and, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I get that part of it right there. Um, you know, the fact that, like you said, he does have um, the pedigree for sure. And he has and he and he has a full starting job to himself. So I do find that to be um something that fantasy owners can dig in. You know, was a name George that's been dropping up draft boards. I look at this boy from last night, Marquise Marcus Goodwin, and I'm like, still, I, I'm still like Garcon. You know, Corey, you're the first person who uh, I've heard say that, and I'm with you. And I thought it was me. I'm like, really? Everyone loves Goodwin so much. They love uh, him. They I, love him. My, they lo- they absolutely flying up draft boards. Wide receiver 28 go off the draft board last night. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a high wide receiver three. Yep. I mean, uh, I, I can't do that. I, I just can't. Uh, Garcon, to me, is the safer pick. I like him. Uh, I understand he didn't have any work with Garoppolo last year. Garoppolo started after Garcon was out. And I had a ch- tough choice to make in my, uh, my, my league, my Superflex league. Uh, that whether or not to keep Garcon, round seven, lose the round you draft him in. So I'd lose a seventh-round pick. I decided to do it uh, because, once again, that's another league I have extra picks in. So I, I don't need him to start for me. He'll be a backup. But uh, he's he's been pretty reliable in San Fran. Do you believe in Garoppolo? I mean, he's going in some leagues, Corey. Easy, top eight quarterback. Draft I did last night, Jimmy Garoppolo was quarterback 15. So that's a little bit better, but like you said, I've seen him go as high as eight. Um, I think Garoppolo's a good player. I'm not buying for fantasy this year unless I'm buying at quarterback 15, 16. All right. So once again, you are on, you and I are on the same wavelength here too. So maybe the people who love Goodwin are just big on Garoppolo. They believe he's going to throw for you know he's never going to lose a game apparently because he's you know he's five and zero or seven and zero and uh, and his NFL starts and he's going to throw for 400 yards every game. You know. Uh, I just, I think you're right. I think I need another year. I need to see him over a full season. I think Garcon is more of the safety blanket. I like Garcon. Yeah, I, I, I would give it to Garcon too. It's, a rum, it's rumors and reports that Goodman is the guy that Jimmy G favorites. Trust me when I tell you, Garcon is a better player even to this day than Marcus Goodwin is. So, and Marcus Goodman, he was healthy last year, but Marcus Goodwin very rarely plays 16 games a season. So I will be very careful of that. Uh, going to continue to look at this draft board, get some late-round value, see what George like. a couple of things that I did. Want to talk about some Jeremy Hill. Want to see what George's thoughts is on, on uh, Mr. Hill. Looked like he was on the roster bubble at one point. He may not be now. Fancy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. 
Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Fancy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. The exec and George Kurtz. Um, you know, George, right, right, a quick aside, listening to that promo just now. I uh agreed with the Miami Marlins on throwing at a cooner the other day. I think it's a part really? of baseball. I think it's a part of baseball. Do I want to see the kid get hit in the shoulder and possibly break his elbow? When they're in a pennant race, of course not. But I think it's idiotic. Explain. Good. Finish, finish, finish thought. Finish your thought. I, I think you. it's a. I, I think it's a part of baseball. Like I said, you you high and tight, you brush him back. No, you don't chase him like he did. But that's the method they chose to go at it. Mattingly even said as much in the post game. He told him, "Listen, we got to get this guy out." And okay, well, we got him out now. Um, I I think base I think people consider baseball to be boring, because base I think one of the ways to fix baseball and make it a better television product is more stuff like this. Yeah, I think that's a, a silly argument. Uh, about okay, that. you're gonna hurt somebody. All right, there's no entertainment in breaking someone's bones. Honestly, you know, and doing the injuries. You're a Yankee fan. Why are the Yankees struggling, Corey? Because the injuries. Who's out of the lineup who got hit by a pitch? Aaron Boone. I mean, not Aaron Boone. Aaron Judge. <laughs> Aaron Judge. All right. The thing about it is this. Now, I was a pitcher all through high school, all through I can remember. I always had a very good arm. Uh, I don't remember ever hitting somebody on purpose. Uh, I'm sure it happened. I'm sure somebody may be angry and I was, you know, at that age. But you, are, you have a weapon in your hand. You know, I would uh, – I have no problem pitching inside. In fact, I'm a big proponent of it. I think more players should do it. I don't have a problem with Luis Severino did the Mookie Betts. You know, you want to, as long as it's not going to hit him, you want to brush him back a little bit, you want to flip him, no issue with that. But I think Buster, it was Buster Olney who put it on, uh, on his Twitter account. I think he brought the perfect thing. Jacob the Grounds has a perfect game going or pitching a great game. Do you throw your bat at him? <laughs> Is it the same thing? Is it the same exact thing? You're going to hit somebody, you're using your bat ball as a weapon. Okay, I'm going to flip my bat at you. Use my bat as a weapon. It's the same damn thing. I don't, think it's the same. I, don't, I don't think it's the same it's thing. It's the exact I think the same pitcher, thing. The pitcher is in so much, has so much control over the game, right? And this kid, Acuna, has been taking the control away from the pitcher. And I'm like, stop him. And what's the best way to if stop you're him? Hitting, if you're hitting him on purpose, you're trying to hurt him. That's the only point to hitting somebody. You're trying to hurt him. And that ball's going I, I, 95 miles an hour. 97, the, fast, the fastest pitch he's thrown all season, 97 right. miles he an tried, hour. He, he did it on purpose. There's, there's no arguing that. I said, I have no problem. It's a different situation when, if it's a retaliatory because your players have been hit. Then sometimes you have to send that message. 
you know, wait, you're going to hit us. We're gonna, we have to hit you. We have no choice. You're not taking control of it. We have to take it into our own hands. That's different. But I'm talking because Acuna hit, what, three home runs or was hitting a leadoff home run every game. That all of a sudden, now we're going to drill this man? You know, you're going to take a chance? No. I, I think, hey, it's, it's an assault. <laughs> it's exactly assault. You know, obviously, baseball doesn't want to get rid of it. So baseball agrees with you. Because if they did, yeah. he wouldn't, he'd get a hell of a lot more than six games. He got six games. That's, his, one, that's one start. That's not even a start. It, he'll appeal it. And when will he drop his appeal? When Miami can figure out that he doesn't have to miss a start. When they have two wow. days off in, this, uh, you know, whatever, in, whatever, in a 10-game span. And, he won't have to miss a start. That's exactly, how the work. fact that it's a six-game suspension shows you that baseball understands this is a part of baseball. But it's not a part of baseball. And it shouldn't be a part of baseball. You are literally assaulting somebody. It's the same as me going out and punching you in the face because you're having a good show. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Listen, I have no problem with flipping somebody. You know, once again, flipping them. And, you know, by flipping, I mean pitching inside. You know, yeah, pitching, blushing you them back. Go up and in, brushing them back. I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, you want to claim the inside part of the plate? No issue with that. You know, and a lot, by the way, a lot of players get hit because they're diving over the plate, too. Oh, and Acuna sits on top of the plate. Yeah, but that was different. He got hit. He, the ball was thrown behind him. You know, he, he couldn't get out of the way with that. That wasn't the same situation. But some of these guys who do get hit and get all upset, that ball was literally two inches off the plate, but because you're diving out there, you got hit. You know, and I don't feel bad for those guys. No. It, players are going to get hit. So there's not an issue there. It's just the nature of the game. But to hit somebody on purpose when you're throwing the ball 97, especially when you have no freaking idea where it's going, and what do you hit him in the face? And his career's over. You one know, thing I will say about get killed doing this. One, one, one thing I will say about the hit on the Acuna, that was not a send a message type play. That was a retaliatory type play. So it made me think back. Is there anything in these two franchises that could say this is retaliation? You know the Atlanta Braves uh, threw at Jose Fernandez's head a couple years ago. Oh, that, that Urena, goes back to uh, Urena and Hernandez. Fernandez, very good friends. The late Jose Fernandez. Yeah, that that, that goes back to uh, were, that's because Miami had. Uh, I think it was a Zuna back. Then. I'm not so sure, so I don't really shouldn't say his name. But there were a couple of players who hot doggy at home. I think it goes back to the old bat flips and people, yeah, and crap like that. You know that that that's why they had the beanball war there. I don't think two years later. Urena's doing that. I think this is purely because Acuna was kicking their ass. And that's what it was. I doubt very much Manley told him to hit him. I imagine Manley told him, brush him back, get it, make him uncomfortable. You know, you're somewhere along those lines. Uh, I don't think Manley would have told him to drill him. I doubt it. Yeah, it's, it's also kind of stupid for me. I mean, Miami, I think uh, Craig was saying it on the promo. What the hell is the for Miami? <laughs> They're 40 games right. out. They're still competitors. What the hell are you playing for? Right, yeah. They're still uh, but they're still competitors, though. They're still competitors. That's still, that's still a division opponent. Still, I'm just I'm not doing that. But like I said, baseball obviously doesn't care. Because if they did, they'd suspend you for 20, 30 games. It'd be, what's going to happen is this will, will all change when either a lawsuit comes about it or someone gets seriously hurt. And I mean, yeah. by seriously, I mean life-threatening hurt. I'm not talking about, yeah. you know, broken bones, something like that. When someone gets hit in the temple, you know, and it almost kills them, you know, like the, some of these pitchers get hit by batted balls, obviously that's you're not doing it on purpose, but that's when it'll change. You know, when baseball will have to do something. You know, think of the NFL and concussions. When do they stop uh, tr- really try uh, stopping it? The lawsuits. 
when it's going to cost yeah. you a billion dollars. That's when they care. Baseball will be the same way. You know, and it's just it's just the way sports is. I don't, like I, said, I don't agree with that. I don't think you should uh, – hitting somebody on purpose to me is archaic. You know, that's a ball. It's different from when you and I were growing up. When you and I grew up, 90 to 92 was considered a hard thrower. Now that's a soft tosser. Yeah. Everybody's throwing 95-plus now. And a lot of these guys, you know, the reason why they're throwing 95-plus and still getting hit because they don't know where the ball's going. They can't place it. The strike zone. It's still down Broadway so these players can hit it. So they have no – when they're trying to hit somebody, they have no idea where they're going to hit them. I, I just think it's uh, – it's not. I don't think it's good for the game at all. I think it's kind of silly. Uh, and I, you know, one thing I'll give Urena this: you pitch him in National League, buddy. And I don't think the Braves uh, and Marl. I think they play one more time, but he's not scared to pitch in there. They got one more series. He won't see them now. He won't. He won't or see. The, but man, wait till the next time he is. You hit their star player. You're gonna have to get up. You know. So I'll give you credit there. Maybe he didn't think about. I'm sure he didn't think about that. But you're going to get drilled at some point next year. When he, whenever he pitches against the Braves, I'll be watching that game. Well, you see, the, the, the thing with Arena did, and I, and I get back on fantasy football in a minute, where you could really say he was wrong was that he chased them. And when you chase a player, when you don't give him no escape but to get hit, especially on the elbow, it's not like he's Barry, bon- Bobby, uh, Barry Bonds sitting up there with a cast on his elbow to protect himself. When you chase, the, when you chase a player and you give him no out except to get hit. It's a ball he could not have gotten out the way of. It's not like it was high and tight where he could have ducked back, but he chased him. So when you're, when you're a corner, you're looking at that baseball, and you're like, I have nowhere to go. This ball is going to hit me regardless. So I think that was a dirty part of it. But I, I, my thing is, hey, you want to sit on top of the plate and hit home runs? This is baseball. Welcome to the big leagues. And I, maybe I'm an old-school guy, throwback-type player like that. Maybe I've never been in that situation, so I can, I can speak from it. But I, I really had – I don't think it was as big of a deal as everybody made it out to be. And I got killed for this, for saying this. As well you should. Uh, <laughs> I, I it's probably not a huge deal because it happens many times during the season. I mean, uh, it just happened to be the latest one. It probably happened yeah. a dozen times. You know, where players are getting thrown at. Actually, players are getting thrown at much more than that as far as he just did it so obvious. First pitch, next time, I mean, come on. I mean, at least try and disguise it a little bit. Uh, that's what I found amazing about that. You're, because even if, I, even if I'm told, you know, my manager tells me, oh, you got to drill this guy, and I want to drill him. I'm not doing it on the first pitch. I might not even do it the first at-bat unless once again I've been yeah. told to do it that at-bat. You know, because, hey, I don't want that suspension. That's six, you know, hey, it's one, six of 162, so whatever that comes out, that's money I just lost. Yeah, you know, that suspension is not going down. So that's money you just lost. No. I want to at least have a snowball's chance in hell of saying I didn't do it on purpose and making somebody believe me. First pitch, next game, ain't nobody buying it. None. You're right about that. <clears throat> uh, Jeremy Hill. At one point, he was rumored to be on the roster bubble. Now it looked like he could lead the backfield to start the season. George, welcome to the New England Patriots backfield. Yeah. Uh, once again, more mud to be thrown out here. The problem with New England is this, or for New England is this. It's a good problem, mind you, but it's still a problem. Assuming Michelle and Burkett are okay, you know, uh, that, that Bill truly believes they'll be okay for week one, you got Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkett, James White, Mike Gillisley, Jeremy Hill, Brandon Bolden. Ralph Webb is also in camp, but I don't think he has a snowball's chance in hell of making the camp, of making the team. There's no way they're breaking camp with six running backs. That's not going to happen. And odds are, generally, in most teams, you're fifth and sixth run. Even if you are going to keep six, you're fifth and sixth have to play on special teams. 
Neither one of Jeremy. which does exactly. Jeremy Hill do. So uh, it's going to be very difficult for him to make this team. I wonder this. Is he trade bait? Uh, well, the thing about so it well. is, with Michelle and Burkhead banged up, can you really cut him? Well, that, I, no, I, I don't think I don't think they're cutting him. Can they trade him? Okay. You know, and once again, I, I did put it. This has to. They, Bill has to believe that Michelle and Burkhead will be okay for week one, or at least no later than week two. Yeah. You know, they, they, either one of the, if we've been if we've been lied to, not that Bill would ever lie to us. Of course, if we've not. been lied to. He would never lie to us, Corey. Bill is yeah. always up front. Bill is always up front, honest, and tells us everything we need. George, to George, NFL uh, coaches don't lie. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> only when their lips move, Corey. Only when their lips move. It's like uh, I'm saying a polit- It's like saying a politician doesn't lie. <laughs> it's so true. It's pretty much the same breath. Uh, yeah. But if if he believes, I wonder if he could be traded to, to alleviate this problem. You still get something for him, or whatever it is, sixth round pick, seventh round pick, and you don't have to worry about the roster crunch. You know, because you look at it, I don't, I don't, if they want to keep Hill, that means Gillisley probably doesn't make the team because Bill doesn't, you know, he was in the doghouse last year for a while. I think Bolden does make the team because he seems to be one of Bill's guys, can do everything he asks. I think he does play special teams. He does. Bolden Ralph does. Ralph Webb, I said, I, yeah, I don't think Webb has a snowball's chance in hell. So now we're down to five. So that he could make it then. But uh, I'll tell you one thing, in my dynasty league, Corey, it's a deep, very deep league, 16 teams, 40 man rosters. I'm wishing I didn't release Hill last season. Yeah, no, I think I think at some point throughout the course of the regular season, especially if you play in a deeper league, you're going to be like, darn it, I wish I had Jeremy Hill. I really do feel that way. I really yeah, do feel I, that I said way. I, running back, Pulse under New England. Uh, I, I, if I did own him, I hope he gets away from New England because I, don't, I still don't want to play that game. But he does look like he has something left. I think he still has value. What are you doing with the Cleveland running backs? Speaking of uh, Georgia Bulldogs, uh, Sony Michelle, what about his partner, Nick Chubb? Who well, people don't remember, Nick Chubb was the guy who filled in when Todd Gurley tore his knee up. So he's been around for a little while now. Um, he's stinking a joint up in camp. I think I saw a stat that in so far in the preseason, Nick Chubb has 12 carries for 11 yards. I, you know, I'm not a mathematician, but I don't think that's good. No, you know, I could, could be wrong, but I don't. Twelve to eleven doesn't seem to even to go into one. Um, I, I even if they were, even if he was playing well, I think the only running back here I'm interested in is Duke Johnson because I yeah. know what his role is. You know, third down back, I know what I can rely on. I mean, I don't want, once again, I don't like playing guessing games, Corey. And with Chubb and Hyde, I think you got to play a guessing game. All right, yep. is, it, is it a committee? Is it the hot guy? Are they going to switch from series to series? What's it going to be? Is one the goal line back? One with twenty to twenty guy. I don't need to deal with that, you know, not unless I have to. And generally with running backs, I'll take enough early enough where I don't have to play the guessing game. At least not where, oh, my God, if I'm wrong, that's a killer. Maybe they can be a reserve for me and I'm okay with it by week filler. But Duke Johnson is the guy I feel best about there because I know what he's going to do. Um, what about Gio Bernard? Well, I like him also. I actually yeah, uh, I kept him too. in my home league because it's only him and Mixon. Right, and Gio Bernard was really good the second half of last year. Not that I expect that to continue because Mixon, I think, has the you know pretty much the first and second down role to himself. Gio's not going to get many touchdowns because that'll be Mixon at the goal line, bigger back there. But for what he's going to be, once again, reserve running back for your fantasy team, guy who can play during the bye weeks, PPR league, yes, has to be a PPR. Uh, I I have no problem with Gio Bernard. You can get him late. You're not taking him in the seventh round. You're getting him in no. round eleven, round twelve. No problem with Gio Bernard. 
Gio Bernard will have value at some point during the season. You bet your bottom dollar on that one. Uh, will Chris Ivory have value at some point this season? Well, I have to assume at the very least he's the goal linebacker. Yep. So I, st- I, st- I sort of start up from there that he's the goal linebacker there because you once again get that wear and tear off LaShawn McCoy. Now we can talk about what's going on in, his le- in McCoy's legal situation and now what? He's being sued civilly by civilly. the other woman? Civilly, yeah. uh, so this is a mess. My, it went from a it went from a guess. criminal case to a civil case. Civilly. No, I love it. Uh, she's suing him for the money that yes. of the uh, of his furniture. <laughs> I, but I think what it is is this is this is why she backtracked a little bit because she realized, listen, I don't care if he's in jail. I want money. Yeah, you know, there you go. I, yeah, she so wants money. the practicality of it, that, that's why the lawyer sort of backtracked on that. They don't care if he goes to jail. They want money. So maybe exactly. there's a settlement coming here eventually. But I, I think this. I think even if all goes bad, he's not getting suspended this year from the NFL. Maybe nope. we'll hear about this next year. I'll draft McCoy where I normally would, which means back to Ivory. Back to at least a goal line back, right? I know the offense is terrible. I know the team is bad. Back to at least a goal line back. But I think he'll spell McCoy as well. He's, a, once again, a round 12, round 13 guy. If I have McCoy, I probably want Ivory because, once again, McCoy doesn't seem to get banged up. He doesn't miss games, but sometimes he's questionable. And bi-week filler, that's where I'm looking here. Bi-week filler, hope that's the week he gets a touchdown. Uh, also, I look at, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I look at uh, another player late is Willie Sneed. He was a darling last year. Alvin Kamara messed that up along with his early season suspension. Now he's in Baltimore with check down Charlie, Joe Flacco. Could be sneaky play. Uh, I mean, he couldn't make it work with Uh, Drew Brees last year. You don't like it. You don't like it. No, couldn't make it work with Drew Brees. I mean, no, and and listen, also, it's a personal thing here. He screwed me over. I had him in a couple leagues because I believed he was going to get it done. He had eight receptions last year. For my man. Sean Angle on the fourth floor for George Kurtz. Good luck today in your draft, George. I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Weekend in fantasy football.